Yeah, on the way up, you must have walked past the Phoenix. Yes. And they have a blackboard saying, um, a chalkboard, sorry. And it says, free beer. But under free, it says Wi-Fi. And under, uh, above beer, it says great. <laughs> so it looks like free beer, but it's free Wi-Fi, great beer. Why? Were you taken in by this? I was like, this is good. And you- someone, someone took a picture of it. I thought, why are they taking a picture of this chalkboard? And it all became clear as I you know, drew closer to it. I, the other day, was down by Central Harbour Front, and I saw the Great European Carnival. Have you seen this? Yes. And it said free entry. And I was like, oh, it's free entry. I'm just going to go in and have a look around. And I went in there, and they immediately direct you to go and buy tickets, and they scan your tickets to go in. It's like, this doesn't seem to be free entry at all. And I was confused. I just turned around and left again. I think if you buy so many tokens, the entry is free because you've paid for the tokens. Yeah, this is bullshit. That's called not free entry. (laughs) In the real Great Europe, this would be called false advertising. I know. But since we're in Greater China, I guess it's perfectly fine. Sorry, I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm really sick. I've been sick all week. I've like got different coloured mucuses coming out all my orifices. It's horrible. (laughs) That sounds contagious. Yes, it is. I'm I'm surprised you're here. Happy Chinese New Year. I thought you'd call this off if you're that ill. I didn't expect to still be ill. Got to admit, I thought I'd be well. Every day I thought, oh, I'll be fine in the morning and I'm just not fine. I'm absolutely no better. It's really quite disturbing how every morning I wake up and I'm exactly the same as the day before. I have got a little bit better. You sound okay. Well, I'm no longer hallucinating and I'm no longer shaking uncontrollably. Is this from the drugs, or were you hallucinating before the drugs? I think it was the fever that was causing that. So the fever's mostly gone. So you're getting better? Yeah, I'm getting marginally better. But the, the coughing and blowing nose and interesting coloured fluids coming out is... That's par for the course. Is it now? I don't know, it's been so long since I've been sick. I was always one of those irritating people who just never got sick before. And at the Global Game Jam... I remember talking to a guy and he was like, oh, I was just so sick last week. I was, I was off work for like a week. And I was saying, oh, I never get sick. And then I think I caught whatever the hell he had. And now I've just been off work for like a week. And I feel awful. Thanks, Andrew. We're getting old. It's fine. Yeah. First, okay, maybe this is too much information. For the first time ever, it hurt to pee the other day. <laughs> Wait, this is, what is going on here? Wait, what? This is schadenfreude, but I guess that cheered me up. I don't know. It worked. That's all that matters. What the hell does that mean? It hurts to pee. It hurts to pee. It hurts to pee. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I can leave that in. <laughs> well, I've said it. <coughs> Sorry. I'm very, very sick. <laughs> Welcome to a sick Lost Levels Club. Welcome to a ship full of invalids. No, it's only me. Sorry, I I sound like a zombie. Brains. Games. Games. Welcome to Lost Level Zombie Cast. (laughs) With Mike and Ting. Hooray. Recently, Mike went to the Global Game Jam 2016 in Hong Kong. 
So as we record this, it was last weekend. So since we're mentioning it, it was definitely a positive experience then, right? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it at the time. During the jam itself, I was full of energy and like full of beans. And it was only after the jam that I guess all the adrenaline wore off and my compromised immune system let in this deadly, deadly virus. And in this like zombie state. And now I've now. become a total wreck. Can we do a bit of scene setting? I've never been to a Global Game Jam before, so I had no idea what to expect. There were a whole bunch of us going from the Retro Games meetup that I attend. And it also just so happens that another guy from Retro Games meetup actually works in the same team as me. So the two of us went together to Cyberport, which is where the Hong Kong site for Global Game Jam was. And we just rocked up and it was great. They had a big room set aside for it. They had a stage with big Global Game Jam logo. Yeah, I mean, it was actually really good. It was free to attend. You just had to register. And they gave you free food, free drink. You know, these amazing amenities. There was like a great site. You got free access to all these royalty-free sounds and music clips. Free Wi-Fi. Cyberport's great, actually, apart from the fact it's in the middle of nowhere. I mean, basically, you had to either get a shuttle bus there or a cab. Okay, so what time did you rock up? So we arrived the first day, 6.30, which is officially when it started. Okay. And then there was a short period for just mingling. And they, they obviously say that they would prefer you not to be in prearranged teams, but actually like 90% of people were in prearranged teams. Okay. So there were a whole load of people there from various different university design schools and so on. There was obviously our group from the Retro Games Meetup, where we all were sat around the same table and having a chat. And then there was an icebreaker activity before they played the video to reveal the theme, where we had to just come up with some lists of nouns, adjectives, and verbs, and then try and make sentences out of them, and then try and make a game out of those sentences. So it was just a bit of a bit of a laugh uh, in groups of three. So the idea was to try and, I guess, mix and match a bit. Don't think I really had a desired effect as usual, because uh, everyone was still quite cliquey, but uh, it was fun. And then they played us the the video. So this is all where all the secrecy comes in, because Global Game Jam is global, and you're not allowed to reveal the theme until all of the sites have been told the theme, so that everyone's got equal footing and has the same amount of time to work on it. So. We then watched a video where they had some keynote speakers talk about game design and then the theme was revealed, which was ritual. But then we weren't allowed to tweet about the theme or say anything about the theme until many, many hours later when Hawaii would finally learn about the theme. So basically it was don't tweet about the theme. So I just didn't say anything about the theme. But yeah, so then then we knew about the theme and they handed out big pieces of brown paper for you to sketch on and the idea was to um, come up with a game idea and then you could stand on stage and pitch it and you could say who you were missing from your team so you could say oh this is the idea and you'd pitch it and then you could say we're two artists but we need a dev and a sound person or we're two devs and we need an artist and that was the idea or you could just get up on stage and pitch your game and see if anyone thought it was a good idea at all. Did anyone do that? So some people did get up on stage and pitch. We also even got up on stage and pitched. Well, I'll get to that later. And, and they also recommended that your group size be four or five. 
there were seven of us there from the retro games meetup and we kind of just it was unplanned but we kind of just ended up fracturing into two groups because we got given two bits of paper and we were on a very long thin table so it just kind of happened that we started talking about ideas for ritual and the two pieces of paper at opposite ends of the table so we just kind of naturally fractured into two groups so that's just how it panned out i guess the group at my end of the table we threw around quite a few ideas most of them involved some kind of fire and like holding back the darkness and having to cast some sort of magic spell to keep the fire burning and some sort of co-op element so you and your partner having to cooperate to cast this magic spell maybe one of you has to run around in this certain pattern and then the other one has to push a button or something and at the same time it was very much keep it simple keep it simple keep it simple because we knew we just didn't really have very much time to work on this and Although we're all game enthusiasts, since we all go to a retro gaming meetup, how many of us have actually had any experience doing any game dev? Probably only me. And that was many years ago from my iPhone game. And then we did actually get up on stage and we said, you know, this is our idea. We're pitching it. It's, I think we called it Ritual Defender at the time. We said, oh, this is Ritual Defender. And the base idea of it that we pitched was actually quite similar to what we ended up with. So we said, you know, here's the fire, enemies will come towards you, and it's going to be some sort of twitch reflex thing. You've got to match the symbols on the enemies' heads to cast a spell to blow them up. But the twist is it's a co-op game, and one of you will control, like, one half the symbol, and one of you will control the other half the symbol. So one of you is, like, shapes, and one of you is colours, and you have to match both to cast the spell. And we said, you know, we've actually got two devs, an artist and a sound guy, but we're, you know, we're friendly. If anyone else wants to join, you're welcome. And we did actually have someone join, Paolo, who had actually come over from Shenzhen. Specifically for the Game Jam. Specifically for the Game Jam. Fair play, Paolo. So Paolo, uh, she actually came over on her own for the Game Jam. And so she wasn't in a team. And she was like, oh, perfect. And she said, oh, yeah. I'd like to join. And so she joined our team and we called ourselves Retroid. I think it's a cool name. Is it Team Retroid or just Retroid? I think we were Team Retroid. That sounds good. So that was, that was the beginning. Okay, so w- at what stage were you at when you finished for Friday night? How does Friday night close? At what stage do you leave it? So I think we were still just trying to figure out how the hell this would actually work in practice on Friday night. I'm not sure we actually wrote any code or did any art. You left yourselves in a state where you had stuff on paper, but you hadn't started coding. Yeah, that's pretty much right. So the main artist, his MacBook had actually exploded. I had a similar problem before where my MacBook battery blew up, basically just suddenly puffed up like a like a piece of exploding popcorn and just because it's a removable battery, because it was a really old MacBook, it just like blasted itself out of the bottom of the case. And the actual machine itself was fine. So I just clipped the battery cover back on with no battery inside it. And it still works, just, you know, only on AC power. But his MacBook was a bit newer. So it was a unibody, no removable battery one. So when his battery just blew up, it just wrecked the whole laptop. The whole re- laptop just became this distorted mess. 
And so he had no laptop that first night. How new is his laptop? Uh, his was five years old. So his was not new. So mine was seven years old, which is why I still had a removable battery. His was five years old. Mine's only a year old. Yeah, yours is good. I mean, yours is good for like another four years. And then, you know, don't sleep with it under your pillow. So his laptop blew up and he had to get a new one. So on the Saturday morning, he was late arriving because he had to try to go to Fortress. And he also bought a Surface Pro because they're amazing. So there was me and him on Surface Pros. And then we had a lot of difficulty getting the controls to work. So trying to be as efficient as possible, we divvied up the work. So Andrew, the other programmer, was going to focus on getting the controls and the two-player symbol matching bit up and running. And I would do the other bit of the monster generation and the scene and everything. Because that's... Well, because I've done it before, basically. So I was hacking away at that. But the... It turns out the control support of Unity is an absolute nightmare. And it just really didn't work. So I saw a tweet that one of you guys sent out. It's just a table full of controllers. Why? 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 A table full of controllers. So, you know, we wanted to embrace the whole retro thing. And so we thought we would do it with some... Actually, there were a few more things that came out of this. I just, I just remembered as well. And we said there are a load of diversifiers you can try and do that you can try and apply to your game to try and make it more unique. Uh, so one of them, I think, is to use an unusual controller. So at one point, we were going to try and use a dance mat as the controller. And the other diversifiers we did go with in the end, there's one that says all the sound effects have to be made by the human voice. So that was Johnson's job and he did all the sound effects just using his voice which he did an amazing job and it's incredibly creepy some of the sounds that turns out he can make a local game for local people so that was basing it around local culture which is why it's all Asian monsters and in theory the idea was to set it in like Poland monastery which is where the big Buddha is but really there's not anything to particularly tie there we should have put a big Buddha in the background or something I'm trying to remember what the last diversifiers were. Uh, one about using the works of a child. So we had Andrew's daughter did some drawing and we scanned it in and, and used that. Yeah, a couple of things like that. But the, but the table controllers, yeah, in the end, we just used two SNES controllers for the retro vibe. So you have to code up support for each controller. So the difficulty is the, the button mapping. So if you plug in a controller... You just get a load of buttons numbered like 0 to 10 or 0 to 13 or something. Which button is which? And depending on the controller, it might map the D-pad to four buttons or it might map the D-pad to different axes. And it might be that it's returning, you know, plus and minus one X-axis or it might be returning zero and one buttons. So it turns out to be really difficult. And identifying which controller has pressed which button, you don't get callbacks you have to poll it. That's insanity. Well, that's the way game engines work, you see. I mean, this is the thing that you... Game, this is why game programming is very different from generalist programming, I guess, or certain thing we do day-to-day. Because day-to-day, yeah, you wouldn't poll anything if you had the chance. Like, polling is a sign of, like, bad code. Yes. And it should all be callbacks and reactive. But in game programming, you generally only have a single thread, and you can't afford to do anything off that single thread because 
you're going to run into crazy concurrency issues just because of the way most game engines are written. And as a result, all of your control has to happen on this single loop, which means you have to poll everything. But you don't even know what to poll for. You don't know what button to ask for. You just poll everything, don't you? Yeah, and so the the issue there were a lot of issues about like what do I even ask for and then eventually having to just go like fine I'll ask for every possible combination of joypad and button and try and detect which ones are connected and they'll just have to mash at the beginning and then we'll then just map it from that but then more fundamentally than that a lot of the times we plug the joypad in and just nothing would be detected and you could be mashing and mashing and mashing and nothing would be detected and we eventually decided the problem was that it was just the Mac that we were trying to run this on. Because when we ported the code over to my machine and plugged in control into mine, it just worked first time. So Andrew then had to go into boot camp and free up a load of space and install Unity on his Windows partition. And then at least we were basically just all working, at least all the devs were then working on Windows because the Mac version of Unity, even though it's superficially the same, the controller handling just seems to be completely different. So Unity is single-threaded, is that what you're telling me? It's not really necessarily single-threaded, but I think there's a single thread of execution that you're allowed to work on. Okay. Like, the game engine itself is probably doing all sorts of things on different threads. And if you want to spawn off other threads and things, you can do that. But it's like GUI programming. You can only interact with the GUI on... One thread, yeah. Yeah. So you can only interact with the, the 3D world on one thread. So the bulk of Saturday was spent coding, doing the bulk of the work? Yeah, that's right. So although we probably wasted six hours trying to get the damn controls working, by Saturday night, we actually had the game essentially done. That sounds very cool. So what time did you start up on Saturday? Uh, 9.30. Everyone, the whole team was there except for... Except for George who was trying to buy a, yeah, a Surface. So yeah, the rest of us were there, 9.30, and they delivered like a massive load of McDonald's for breakfast, which was awesome. So I just ate loads of McDonald's breakfast. Who sponsored this event? There are loads of sponsors. I mean, there's going to be too many to list. It's better just to link to the page. But it's more um, local businesses. Uh, Medbirdie, for example, like a local medical services company. Cyberport itself sponsored it, for example, uh, some of the universities. And then you had like big global sponsors like Unity, for example, themselves sponsored it. So yeah, there were tons of sponsors. Mm -hmm. Did you make use of your license? I did. I mean, obviously I was using my Unity Pro license and all the builds were done off my license so they don't have the Unity splash screen on them. And you were done by what time Saturday night? We went home each night at about 11. So we went home like 11, 11.30 Friday night and 11, 11.30 uh, Saturday night as well. So it was pretty much complete by that time? By that time it was pretty much complete with just placeholder art because we... We still didn't have the 3D model for the actual monastery scene. And we didn't have any of the actual artwork for the monsters yet either. We just had some placeholder stuff that had been taken off Google Images. But the the guts of it were there. So all the sound was wired up. Uh, the monsters walking towards you was done. The casting a spell when people pushed the two buttons was done. So fundamentally, the game was done the core of it anyway and so we were able to spend Sunday just plugging it all together which was to say more graphics animations and frantically trying to get the importing of models from Maya into 
Unity to work because I've never done that before. I've never ever worked with a 3D artist. So I have no idea how any of that stuff's supposed to work. And it turns out it just doesn't work. But you got it to work. I eventually got it to work by doing the ugliest hack job imaginable. Were you crunching through it throughout that period? On the Sunday, it did get quite crazy at one point. Johnson, who did the sound, also made the video, which I... The video is really funny. You've watched the video, right? I've watched the video. Yeah, the video, I just watched the video and I thought, this is hilarious, I love this. So he was trying to make the video and he was like, I need some gameplay footage. And I was like, we haven't even got the model importing right. He was like, doesn't matter, just send me something. Yeah, the, the models just... The UV maps wouldn't import properly and so everything was just horrendously stretched. Even though it looked right in Maya, I, I don't understand what you need to do to make it import correctly into Unity. What's a UV map? Uh, a UV map is what describes how the texture gets stretched over the 3D model. Okay. So it would be correct for like one small part of the model and the texture would be correctly there. And then it would just be massively distorted across the rest of the model. We, we actually called someone over to help and they said, oh, you need to do this, this and this. And they did it and they're like, oh, that doesn't work. Why don't you just make some cubes and stick it to those cubes? And I was about to say like, that's not an answer. But I was like... Well, you're right, I can do that in 10 minutes. Okay, thanks, bye. And then so I just, I just made a load of cubes in Unity and textured them with the right texture and just put those cubes over the real textures. So I just faked it. It's like, fake it till you make it. Because that's the thing they say about game jams. If you've got a problem and you can't fix it properly, just hide the problem. No one will ever know. So I just hid the problem. So there's a lot of really scrappy stuff in there. The code is a similar train wreck wouldn't really want anyone to see the code it's just an embarrassing embarrassing nested maze of if statements and horrendous car crash of java and c-sharp naming conventions never mind eh it works so when was it complete was it by lunchtime or so yeah you had to have it complete and submitted by i think 2 30 they said so Yeah, we made the deadline, we had it uploaded to the website, and we were demoing it to some of the judges who came round to have a chat to you, and then you had to prep for a presentation at four o'clock. They would start going round and you had three minutes to give a brief presentation about your game. On a stage or? On the stage. With PowerPoint? With however you liked, but you only had three minutes. What did you go with? So we just played the video and briefly explained the concept and then actually played the game on stage with the two controllers some people did point out it's like oh it's like a kid's game it's like yeah it's like a kid's game you know we we didn't have time to do anything more complicated or we weren't confident to do anything more complicated given that none of us are professional game devs it was actually quite difficult even getting just this small thing done but i felt much better afterwards actually i really felt like oh i should get back into this again i should i should make more stuff you know, I, could, I really feel like I could do more stuff again and more interesting stuff or procedural generation. The other people on the team, they all seemed quite into it too. And they were saying, oh, we should do like a regular game jam thing for the Rich Games Meetup. We should, we should have a regular thing where we just talk about game design or we don't have to do like a marathon. We could just do a little bit every week and put together a game. So yeah, we should definitely do it. It'll be really fun. It, it was very interesting for me, having never worked with an artist before, having this guy suddenly just throwing art at me and going, here's more animations. That was quite a novel experience. And I think the same was going on in reverse with them having never worked the program before. You know, they're saying, oh, can we do this? It's like, oh yeah, that's easy. And then five minutes later, bang, now the game does this. And they're going, oh, 
You know, I didn't, I didn't know that was possible. So yeah, it's easy. I'm a programmer. Yeah, I think it was quite a novel experience for everyone. Was there much time pressure? It was difficult. I mean, it was quite fraught for a while, especially those first few hours trying to get those game controls to work. And before we just eventually realised Unity on the Mac just doesn't like controllers. At one point I was thinking, are we ever going to get this done? Is whole controller idea just completely dead in the water? Did you crunch out an impressive amount of code or is it, looking back, you didn't need to? No, it's really very simple. The whole game is really very, very simple. Okay. You've not actually seen the game, have you? I've only seen the video, which yeah. is very, and still, I've not seen it, I've not played it. Why don't I just show you it now? Should we just pause for a bit? You've now seen the game, which was Mogwai Monastery Lunar Edition, which was the name we eventually came up with. So apparently Mogwai is monster in Cantonese. But also it's a band. Yeah, it's a Scottish uh, alternative band. So I thought there was some like, <laughs> I got so confused. No, you know what's really funny? Like the, so the, the artist guy, he's the one who suggested it. Oh, let's call it Mogwai Monastery. It's like Mogwai, like the name of the thing in Gremlins and that Scottish band. And they were like, huh? <laughs> and I was like, I'm to Google it and go, look, look, see. But we went with it in the end. Yeah, and then we obviously we just used the Gremlins collection as some comedy um, thing in the video. Actually, what would have been even funnier is if we used some track by Mogwai as the soundtrack, but we didn't. Since I know that a couple of your teammates listen to this, I don't really know what to say about your game. <laughs> you can't say it's shit. <laughs> no. No, that's not fair. It's really, the stills look really good. I'm going to maintain that. <laughs> it looks good when it's not moving. But the thing yeah. is, just the animation's not there, that's all. Yeah, it's really basic. It's super, super basic. I mean, there's so much more that we could have done. You can see that there's a foundation for something good there. Yeah, I would have quite liked to have done something quite different with it. I think originally I, originally I thought the idea of like the fire being in the middle of the screen and you running around with little characters like throwing things into the fire to keep it burning and stuff. But I think that maybe would have been a bit ambitious given that it took us six hours to figure out how to make the controls work and things you wouldn't know because we wouldn't have the controls here. But on both of them, it's actually mapped to the coloured buttons, not the D-pad, because we couldn't figure out how to make the D-pad work reliably. So there were many problems with the controller. Making one controller work is straightforward, but making separate controllers work and separating their inputs actually turns out to be a complete nightmare. I think it probably wouldn't have been that hard, but it would have just because we'd never done it before, I guess and unfamiliarity with the APIs, and then wasting a load of time on the Mac version, which seems to do things totally differently. Did everyone build their things to run on the PC? Presumably, yes. No, no, no. So the other games in the Game Jam, there were a lot of other games in the Game Jam in the Hong Kong site alone, uh, let alone globally. Some of them were very imaginative and worked on all sorts of things. So there were a lot of mobile games. I don't know about you. Well, actually, I do know about you. I know you, you think mobile games are like, like second-class thing. You have quite a lot of disdain for mobile games. Unless it's a, a desktop game that's ported to mobile, like Hearthstone. Yeah, I also feel slightly hot and cold towards mobile games. But there were a lot of mobile games there. And some of them were very imaginative. So I think the one that won the Best Gameplay Award was a mobile game. Happy RIP friends. They are all playing Death. And then you had to complete this ritual and then one of them will get incinerated at the end. But apparently that was the most fun to play. 
and there was another really interesting one called like uh Ouija something it was like in Cantonese I couldn't play it because you had to be able to both read and speak Cantonese to be able to play it but there was a tablet in the middle and you also all had to wear your phones running the app uh, with headphones on and you all put your fingers in the middle and touched this symbol on the Ouija board and you had to move the puck around and it would whisper in your ear from your phone a set of symbols to follow but for one of you it would tell you the wrong sequence of symbols and then you had to then try and suddenly realise that you've got the wrong sequence and just go with everyone else and if you get it wrong then the ritual's broken and like the demon escapes and stuff so I thought that was really clever the best audience award went to one called uh, Go Go Totem God, which was really funny. So again, it's a phone-based game. Like, there are so many phone-based games. There are like five players. You each control it with your phone. And you're playing with it running on a PC, I think. So on screen is the game, and there's at least five tribesmen. And they each have to then do an action. So they might have to, like, wiggle around or dance in a circle or something and you have to do this while holding your phone and it's using the motion sensor in your phone to check if you're doing the right movement and depending on how you do at the end it depends how high the token gets launched into the air and if it makes it into space then you win so that was quite a funny one another one that looked really good was one called buggy ritual which has pixel-esque lo-fi graphics i thought that looked really good and it's kind of like almost katamari where you're running around you're just picking up stuff and you have to try and throw it into this ritual thing in the center which is um, what you wanted you're right actually that's another team basically did the idea that i wanted you're right there was the other team from the retro game meetup they made one called cauldron of infinity was theirs better or worse i think their one wasn't playable by the end or not completely i'm not sure they didn't seem to submit an exe when i looked the idea of theirs was again originally i think they were going for like the local game for local people diversifier so they originally their concept was that it was like a hot pot and that you were throwing ingredients into this hot pot but eventually they changed into cauldron of infinity and it's like crystals are coming in towards this cauldron and you've got to mix them up in certain combinations to make you know a spell or you get bonuses and avoid skulls yeah their game looked pretty good nice graphics again they had like i think one dedicated graphics person and then two people who did design and also or game design, so they, they knew how to program as well. So they also had quite a good team. Will you go back next year? Yeah, I'll go back next year. Hopefully I won't get sick next year. Well, you'll be sick after it. After it's fine. Oh, you're right. Yeah, obviously that's, that's the problem. Yeah, I think, like I said, I felt really good the whole weekend. I think it was just, I felt really energised. It was really fun to be doing something different from the day job. Coding again, and doing computer game stuff again, which I obviously enjoy. I was saying to people, like, oh, I just felt like doing like cartwheels or something. I feel like so full of energy in a way that I haven't done for, for so long. Yeah. And then when the weekend was over, so it ended, it ended about 7 p.m. on the Saturday. Sunday. Uh, sorry. It ended about 7 p.m. on the Sunday, went home and then just started to feel a bit sick. And I started to feel, you know, a bit feverish sitting on the couch and then like resting my head in a pillow for a bit and then suddenly it being hours later and feeling really really hot and then really really cold and then shaking uncontrollably and being like what the hell's going on and then feeling 
kind of better by Monday lunchtime and thinking, oh, maybe I'm okay after all and going to the gym. And I think that was probably the fatal mistake because after that, on Monday afternoon, I just started to go rapidly downhill. And yeah, I've just been out of action all week. Oh, that's an interesting way to end that section. Yeah, on a massive downer. No, but it was really good. I would go again next year. Is it same time next year? Uh, I don't know when it'll be next year. Yeah, it'll probably be a similar-ish time next year. Maybe I should try and... Yeah, you should go. It'll be fun. I have to... Yeah, and Unity is free. Yeah, you'll need to get a pass on April. I can, I can book it a year in advance. <laughs> you think that's how it works? Good luck. <laughs> oh, that's how it works at the moment. I just put it in the calendar and it's, it's clear. Okay. Yeah, it's fun. We could, we could live podcast from it. It'd be fun. I'm like, guys, guys, where's the coding? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I, I, I can just be, I can be management and I can be like. I'm getting the food in. What more do you want? Are you hungry? No. Good. <laughs> sorted. Good. Are you caffeinated? Yes. Okay, you're good. <laughs> Get yeah. on with it. Get coding. We're three milestones behind. We need an emergency meeting. <laughs> we need an emergency meeting. I've, I've outsourced. <laughs> I've outsourced it to this other team. In China. Yeah. They're cheaper than you. The Shenzhen Game Jam is now writing our game. <laughs> okay. Anyway. On that note, talking about China, can we, can we use that as a 10-year sneak or is that just, am I just going to get in trouble? Yeah, go for it. Using China as a 10-year sneak to witness primacy. Pri- primacy? Private... Piracy. Okay, Piracy. maybe that goes to show. No, don't use that as a link because <laughs> you can't even say it. Last week, Jonathan Blow tweeted something about piracy and The Witness. His words were, It seems The Witness is the number one game on a certain popular torrent site. Unfortunately, this will not help us afford to make another game. Yes. Sad face. So let's talk about piracy. What do I want to say? I've not pirated anything since university. Yeah, I've not pirated basically any game since Steam. Just because it's just so convenient. There's no point. I don't even know when Steam came about. Yeah, actually, I say since Steam, but really, I mean since Steam became all-consuming. I mean, I think it's probably like 2005-ish, where Steam sales and mega, mega cheap things and that eventually so much of my game library just became part of Steam that the idea of playing a PC game now that's not on Steam is unusual. Did you download the dodgy copy of Half-Life 2, the leaked version? No. Oh. Too lazy. I did. I don't know if I did actually. I can't tell whether I downloaded the legit copy. Sorry, Gabe. When you say a legit copy... Like a... That, the, w- the, that would have been through Steam. No, no, what I mean is the complete, re- the full release on. Basically, the pirated yeah. full release or Rather, the pirated dodgy. Not release. the, not the, you know, they leaked some code and you yeah. could still try and download it and run it. There was like a 60% complete version of Half-Life 2. I remember downloading The Sims and they disabled the build mode. Really? If, if you had the pirated version. I haven't pirated any games since they made it more convenient to... Pirate, this is the thing, piracy, 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 oh, I don't know, this is like, you could argue this is a time and place thing, but 
if you genuinely can't afford to buy it, then the equation is probably different. Maybe you're going to pirate it because it's the only way you're going to be able to play the game. But if you can afford to buy it, then piracy is more a matter of convenience. If it's so difficult for you to buy the legal copy of the game, and it's the experience you get from the pirated copy is just so much better, that's what's going to lead you to pirate something. And the experience from Steam is so good that why would I ever pirate any PC game? Does it matter to spend, you know, $40, $60 on a PC game? No. I spent $60 on Metal Gear this year. Last year, sorry. That blew my mind. The fact I paid a full $60, 60 US dollars at least, on a game. I never thought I would ever do that. Why? Because <laughs> Steam is discounts. Steam teaches you to buy games on discount. No, Steam is Steam is a platform. I mean, I've bought... I, okay, I guess i bought so many full-price games on Steam before. I mean, obviously I have a huge amount of discounted things on there too, but there's plenty of things that I've bought on there full-price. Like XCOM 2, I, I've bought full-price. I haven't even fired it up yet, but I do have it. I've been okay. too sick to play it. Oh, okay. I, I, I always thought there was, there was a little bit of embarrassment when it came to buying something full-price on Steam because... What's being proliferated is this message that Steam is there for discount games and no one buys games at full price anymore. No, I don't think so. I think Steam is just all about the long tail. It's an app store and there's everything on there that you could ever want. And they can heavily discount stuff because their cost of delivery is so low that there's no harm in them offering years old games at a steep, steep discount because they know they'll still sell some copies and it's still worth their while. But there's plenty of cutting-edge new stuff on there, too. I think I very much share your your attitude, really. Which is disappointing, actually, because I wanted us to be different. But it's a matter of convenience. Because things like Blu-rays, for example, I have not bought any physical movie or TV show or anything for so long because I just find Blu-rays and DVDs just offensive. There's unskippable adverts and warnings at the start of them. They're region locked. It's just so much worse than, than anything. You know, basically all the alternatives are better. Region locking is a problem. I used to buy all my Blu-rays from Amazon. And with Amazon, there is that speed of delivery, at least. But now I've moved to Hong Kong. None of my devices will play. Yeah, exactly. I, I watch basically no TV or movies anymore because to legally watch them is just offensively difficult. Do you not rent movies? No, I actually just watch YouTube now. It's really bad. So now I've moved to Hong Kong, I've started renting movies. And... From what? iTunes and Google Play. Oh, really? So Google Play will give you the benefit of Hong Kong pricing. Okay. For some reason, I have a Hong Kong-based Google account. Actually, no, I don't. That's a lie. I just use April's Google... What am I saying? I just use April's Google account. And with iTunes, I use my UK account. So it's the same problem as Netflix. The Hong Kong Google account or Google store has no movies, but it's really cheap. And then you have the fuller library on the UK iTunes store. But it's only £4 for a HD film. I just find there's nothing I want to watch that much. If I want to watch something when it comes out in the cinema, I'll go to the cinema. And otherwise, I probably didn't really care about it that much anyway. 
yeah, you really have to be rededicated to a film or committed to watching a film to rent it. Yeah, I just can't be bothered. I mean, there's so many other things to do with my time. You know, it's not like I've got time to kill. And I think the other good example is Spotify. Spotify, or- yeah. I'm, I switched my Spotify license to a Hong Kong Spotify license recently. And actually, I haven't noticed that much difference. I'm really loving the Hong Kong pricing for things. Yeah, so, that that was surprising that it's literally half the price for a Hong Kong Spotify license. And it's the same for Microsoft 365 account. And what else? And Netflix is the other one. Oh, okay. And I, I haven't signed up for Netflix. But, but arguably, there's nothing on Netflix. Yeah, because I was going to say, otherwise, if I did sign up for Netflix, maybe then I would start watching TV again. I did think about it a couple of times, but... It's free for a month. Just try it free for a month. Oh, I'm just too lazy. Three I days. I'll sign up for you. I've got other stuff to do. I've got to play XCOM 2. I've got to play XCOM 2 and I've got to try and get the achievement on The Witness. This is why you have two screens. <laughs> this is why you have two screens. Seriously. Yeah, this is, what, this is what I used to do with my other screen. It's true. Obviously, if you were doing this while playing The Witness, you wouldn't solve a few of the puzzles like me. Yeah, The Witness does require attention. Ah, nicely put. There you go, piracy. Surprisingly, surprisingly easy topic to cover. You're disappointed. Yeah, I really thought it would be one of those. Did where... you want me to go? Yeah! <laughs> Avast! Pirate all the things. Yeah, hopefully. So, on that disappointing note, for once we've proven that we're quite similar in our thoughts and attitudes. Sorry, Ting. I like it when you judge me. <laughs> judge you for not pirating stuff more. Or judge you for pirating too much stuff. Or being different. Just judging me because I'm not like you. I'm not as good as you. <laughs> you, should, you should celebrate being different to me. I'm in an awful position. Especially when I'm, like, coughing my lungs out. And there's no blood, it's fine. There's plenty of blood. There's no blood, it's there's fine. There's a lot of blood. You haven't looked. <laughs> oh, God. Seriously, this week, so much blood. I probably should have said to the doctor quite how much blood was coming out of my body. It's going to turn out that I've actually got, like... I don't know, cholera or something. Oh. No, it's not cholera. What's bronchitis? No. What's the tuberculosis? I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, there's plenty of blood coming out. Trust me. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, on that chirpy note. <laughs> yeah, I might not be here next week. So make sure we record a lot. Maybe that's all we need to get more downloads. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be here to enjoy it, though. Yeah. So also last weekend was the division. So have we decided whether it's beta or beta? No, I, all I know is that whenever I say people mock me mercilessly, I think I say beta. But you're posh. Why do people mock you? Because I'm posh in like the wrong way. Because I say things like regatta as well when it's actually regatta. Yeah, you can't say regatta. And I was like kebab. And like, you can't say kebab. It's kebab. It's kebab. <laughs> Whatever. So yeah, I like say all the wrong sounds. Really? Say bizarre. What? Wait, wait. Like like a odd. market or like odd? Odd. Bizarre. And then say the market. Bizarre. I don't know the point I'm trying to prove. Yeah, I don't know what you're trying to prove either. They didn't sound very fun. They, in my mind, you could have said something really peculiar. Bizarre. <laughs> bizarre. If only. Now you're just humouring me. So neither of us played the Division Beta. No. Isn't it this weekend? It was last weekend. Oh, okay. Well, neither of us played it, no. But you, were, you had a good reason. You were at the Game Jam. I was at the Game Jam. I 
made the effort to get a key. I signed up to Uplay. I joined the waiting list for Ubisoft. Wait, wait, wait. Were you playing on PC? With Ubisoft, you get both. You can ask for a PS4 key or a... Oh. PC key. But then I found NVIDIA giving them away. I got the key, but then... Now thinking about it, if NVIDIA were giving them away, it would have been PC only. But after the fact... Anyway, it didn't matter because I didn't bother with the beta. Which then led me to think, why did I bother getting the key in the first place? And do I really care about these things? And then the following question was, does Mike really care about these things? I heard that The Division was going to be a better destiny. Because it's the same kind of premise. Open world, MMO, FPS. But they're just going to do it right, TM. Because they've seen what did work and what didn't work with Destiny. And they're going to just keep what did work and discard what didn't. But I can't really be asked. To be honest, we've already got Destiny. Do I really want to start something else new? Kevin seems super into it. He's really keen now for us to try it. I'm quite keen. Have you seen any of the trailers for it? No, I've watched nothing. So how they've done it is they've broken down the, the skills into three, three distinct paths. So you can be technology, medical, or defense. I don't know if that's bullshit or not. Security. It's technology, security, and medical. And through that, they, they branch it by four. So that's 12, and then, and then they can branch it again to make it 36 things you can specialize in. So it's Destiny without the same restriction or limitations, because the problem with Destiny is that everything is, you know, with how they've done the guns, they've tried to create a database of legendaries and exotics, but it's actually quite limited. But with Division, you can buy or you can pick up a, an attachment or a mod. In the same way, you know, if you think about it in Fallout, you can pick up a new scope. Or new, I don't know if you can pick up a new, like a new barrel or grip or stock. But it seems like that's the route they're going to. And th- through the bits and pieces, you can create the greatest gun you you need or want. So already, if you think about it like that, there's much more scope for for grinding for shit. Or grinding for things, sorry. <laughs> is grinding good? So long as the regularity of reward is quite frequent. When you got stuff in Destiny, you enjoyed it. Yeah, at first. But that's because the, the loot cycle is quite rapid or quite quick. It's funny, though, because now, now we started playing Destiny again. And I guess I just haven't got deep enough back into it for it to be an issue. I just, I feel like I'm still just like above it all, looking down, going, eh, that was fun. But I don't feel any particular desire to try and get to 320 light. It's the journey, not that. Are you not enjoying the journey? No, I, I am enjoying the journey. I mean, that's why I wouldn't mind playing it more. But it's not like the issues we had before. It's like, no, I need to get to level whatever. I need to get this last piece of whatever from the raid. But that's artificial, though. That, that, you know, those kind of, that kind of goal setting is artificial. That's not real. Mm. That's all in, your mind, in our minds. Mm. You've just been burned too much. Yeah, perhaps. That's not the question. It was not about... We're not talking about the Anyway, we're not talking yet. about the division yet. No. I thought you wanted to use this just as some sort of segue. Yes, into early access and betas. Like something you mentioned earlier was what betas are now versus what they were in the 90s or how they've developed from the 90s. They're very different things now, right? Yes. Well, I say this, but what it did it used to be 
a beta version of something used to be incomplete. So I remember I would used to play CS beta, beta. I'm going to say beta. Even though you say beta, I'm going to say beta. I've been saying beta as well. Yeah, so I used to play the CS beta. And I would play that because everyone else was. But that's it. There's nothing else. Do we actually have anything to say about this? We do, because I really want to talk about early access then, really. A beta version of a game is to just not be finished, right? Which is the same as early access. Yeah, I guess early access is the new beta, and beta is just like, oh, the whole thing is just an excuse to sell an unfinished game for money, because in the past, certainly, you could not sell a beta version of a game. But no one's selling a beta version, they're selling early access versions. But, and it's suddenly become okay. It's suddenly become acceptable to do this. So the conversation was, okay, is a beta version just a demo, but with the disclaimer saying it's beta, therefore you cannot... You can't complain, yes. it's broken. Is that it? Yeah, I think so. So, we, so therefore that beta is before early access now. Or have, you've got early access. How bad can early access get? <sighs> like, unplayable. But you're paying for early access. I don't know. It varies a lot by game to game. That's the thing. It's not like meet these things and then you're allowed to say your early access and then people will know what they're getting when they play an early access game. Some early access games are very complete, like Nuclear Throne, I think. Could you buy Nuclear Throne when it's an early access? I think you could. And it was essentially a very complete game. Minecraft, when it was in alpha and beta stages, was essentially a complete game. When did you jump in? Minecraft, I jumped in relatively late, but actually at the same time relatively early. So I jumped in when everyone else jumped in, which was that weekend when Slashdot covered Minecraft and the whole thing melted down and it was impossible to buy it and they just made it free for everyone. And I played it that weekend and then just immediately bought like several keys and gave them to people and kept one for myself, obviously, as well. Alpha? Yeah, that was in Alpha. I'd actually known about it a long time already at that point because it was on TigSource quite regularly. And I'd played Creative on TigSource because Creative was always free. I just didn't really get it at the time. But when I played Survival Mode, suddenly it all clicked. And I was like, this game is amazing. This game is, this game is incredible. I think the interesting thing is because I'm so reliant on reviews, I don't trust my own judgment. <laughs> this is a problem. I guess, who are you sharing that conversation with then? But I guess if Slashdot are covering it, then you know there's a community backing it already. I don't know what you mean. So the difference is, okay, with if Slashdot are covering it, therefore he's already getting sort of support coverage praise. Just not through some official channel, that's all. That's the only difference. Yeah, Minecraft, I think, already had a cult following. Yeah and had had a cult following for some time. But it's one of those things where it went from like one person playing, obviously, Notch, to 10, to 100, to 1,000. And then suddenly, over the course of that weekend, it went to 10,000, 100,000, a million. And the exponential growth just completely blew away all expectations, and it completely just wrecked their infrastructure. They were just not ready for that level of interest. But suddenly everyone realised, wait, this is a great game. The game just crossed some threshold of complexity from this is a toy, this is a tech demo, to this is a game, and it's an amazing game. Ooh, so what else, what else have you bought? Most early access things I think I've 
got have just been a disappointment. And a lot of the time they have got better later, but I guess because I played them early on, I just haven't felt the need to go back to them. Like Planetary Annihilation, I tried playing it when I had it in early access, and it was just terrible frame rate, very confusing, didn't understand what was going on. I heard that it's actually really good now, but I haven't played it since. That's Planetary Annihilation Titans, I think it's the good version now. I'm trying to think what else. Starbound? Starbound is actually really fun, actually. Starbound, I remember we just played start to finish whatever was in the game at the time. Just played this 10-hour marathon session. It was really fun. It was really unpolished and confusing, but it was really fun. What about things like the Blizzard ones? Do you ever, get, do you ever want to be part of them? I just don't, the thing is, like, I don't have that much time. There's not many things I'm that interested in playing early access now and I think I do have a load of early access stuff from backing it on Kickstarter but a lot of the time I just even forget I've backed it until it's already finished if you see what I mean and then it's only when I get this thing going oh we noticed you've never claimed your key for this and like oh yeah I forgot I even backed that so most of it is through what you read that's how you decide how to back something or not back something to go in early access there are very few things that I'll go in early access for most stuff nowadays I guess I said earlier on that I just don't watch a lot of TV I watch a lot of YouTube I'm watching a lot of Let's Plays and I guess a lot of these YouTubers do just have a lot of time on their hands and they're playing all of these games so sometimes I'll see them playing something early access and it will look really good and that would interest me enough to try and play it so Kerbal has a history were you part of that? No, I didn't. I bought Kerbal, I think, when it was still early access, but oh, okay. uh, I never played it. Never played it. So it's still there, sitting on my Steam games list, unplayed. That would have been one of your highlights, had you gone in. Early with Kerbal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was good at the beginning, but I've heard it's very good now. It's a fun game. I, I enjoy watching other people play Kerbal. And their, you know, their weird head cannon they attach to all the little Kerbals. Yeah, I personally have never actually tried Kerbal. Yeah, so I think it's the same for me. I just don't have time to go in twice for a game. To go in once early access and then go again. barely got time to go in once for the full thing. Thanks. (laughs) Have you finished anything? When's the last time you finished something? Don't know. I I finished, um, I, I did finish Advanced Warfare. That's like six hours. Yeah. That seems to be your limit. You can just about finish something that's six hours long. Even Undertale, which is like six hours long. I finished Undertale. I remember I had to like make you finish Undertale. I was like, no, you need to finish it. Play the last half hour. It's like, fine. Play the last half hour here while I'm watching you. I finished Undertale. But that's that's definitely the last game I finished, which wasn't too long ago. But thank you for your assistance. Yeah, that was just like pulling teeth. Was it that about? Sorry. Yeah, you haven't finished Baldur's Gate 2, although. I think you're still making valiant efforts. Yeah. Chapter 4 of 7. I can do it. I can do it. Also, I always think the likelihood of me having a bad experience with something in early access is quite high. But that's something you, you've already mentioned as well. I'm trying to remember the last time I played something early access. I haven't played anything early access for a while. I really can't remember. Yeah, I really can't remember. 
it, it's surprisingly something I just don't have that much of an opinion on beyond, I think most of the time it's a waste of time. Actually, well, you know, allegedly Ark Survival evolved as early access, isn't it? I mean, that's the thing. Yes. That's the thing. What does early access mean now? It's And it's such a wide spectrum. Sometimes it means here's a complete waste of your time that barely functions and we're just using it as a cash grab. And other times it's like, here's a game that's practically finished, but we're going to spend the next five years polishing on it because we're perfectionists, but you can play it now anyway. And if it's the latter, it's amazing. And that's like Ark, that's like Minecraft, that's like Nuclear Throne. But if it's the former, then it's just a disappointing waste of everyone's time. Maybe it's also a case that back in the 90s, a bad demo wasn't going to kill you. Well, that's a point, demos, because you don't really get demos anymore. There's a beta now, almost. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, good point. Anyway, I played the Battlefront beta. And? The, the, the interesting thing about betas is because the content is so, so vastly reduced, you don't really know if that's all you're getting in the full game or whether it's just a percentage. And if, you, if it is a percentage, you want to know what percentage that is that you're seeing. Well, that's why I asked you earlier off mic, but now we're recording, whether you played the Destiny beta because you were so hyped for Destiny. And I was quite surprised to hear that you hadn't played the beta. Because I, I know that one of the concerns people had from the beta was, this game is fun, but I hope it's a lot bigger than just this. And then it turned out it really wasn't a lot bigger. So I watched the videos, like all the pre-launch videos, I watched them all. And the stories, the vision they had was vast. Oh, I picked up this gun. I have a story behind this gun and it's my gun. What's happened is, Okay, you still have a story behind the gun and it's your gun, but everyone else has the same gun. It's, they all have yeah, the, the same, same story. story. I went into Vault of Class. I tripped Atheon over the ledge. Exactly. So the vision they had worked. It was a case that oh, you, you're doing a patrol and your friend would drop down from their craft and then they would see you and wave at you from a distance. Yeah, I watched this video too after you massively hyped Destiny up for me. And that was, you know, that shared open world experience that they were selling. It sounded really good. But I don't think they delivered. No, they didn't. Everything's too small. The scope is just too small. I wonder if they'll fix it for Destiny 2. What I was kind of hoping for was, is that you've never played an MMO, have you? Yes, I have. Which one? Lord of the Rings Online. Oh, okay. So that you know the scale of a normal MMO and like how many zones are usually linked and how big it usually is and how free roaming it usually is. I don't know how big it gets. I have an idea of how big it is. I, I don't know how... Like, I know there are a multitude of worlds in Warcraft or lands and everyone has, has its own... You know, one zone in World of Warcraft is the size of, say, the Cosmodrome or like the, you know, the Earth map for Destiny. But whereas in Destiny there are, what, five, six zones now? Wow, there'll be dozens of zones on a single continent, and there are several continents. So WoW is enormously bigger than Destiny. How many times? How, I, don't, I don't see how they're... the ratio. So if you break down Destiny into planets... Well, the planets only have one area on them, don't yeah. they? How big is like an, a Warcraft equivalent? 
the smallest continent in WoW is going to be as big as all of the zones in Destiny put together. And you have many, you have many continents. And there are two, there are two massive continents that are at least twice as big as that smallest continent. Okay. Did you read that Kotaku article about their, their, like their development pipeline and how long it takes? They just need to leave stuff yeah. building overnight? Or yeah. No, it sounds like they've just really, really just left themselves in a really bad state. Well, that's why I wonder for Destiny 2, are they just completely reinventing all the tooling? You can reinvent the tooling now. I don't see why they have to wait. No, they have to wait. They're going to have to, they're going to have to completely re overhaul the whole game engine and everything. It's just tooling. I don't. It's going to be like things like streaming assets and memory limits on the consoles. And because that's the other nice thing about WoW, because it runs on PC, they can just go and say, yeah, sorry, you need 16 gigs of RAM. Well, they don't really say that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. WoW works surprisingly well on. WoW is very well written. I guess it's been. They spent a long time writing it. But WoW is quite amazingly well written now. I was shocked. When I moved to Hong Kong, I randomly decided to play WoW again for a bit. Wait, wait. Definition of a bit, for me, is very different to your definition of a bit. Okay, it was like your version of a bit, a bit. So I bought the expansion pack at the time and just reinstalled it. And I was expecting it to be tens of gigs download. But after like 200 megs, it said, oh yeah, you can play the game. It's like, huh, what? And you can launch the game and it just streams everything in bit by bit over the internet as you walk into a new zone it will just stream in the geometry for that zone and the textures and it will just look better and better and better as it streams more and more in i was really impressed because one of the things they they talk about on the playstation is that you can do a partial install and start the game up no game does that so wow really works like that i was really surprised they did that with all their games i think blizzard has spent a lot of time on their tooling and so they need to go and show you know they're all under the same roof now so they should go and teach the Destiny people how to actually write an MMO. I wonder what really, what really will happen to Titan. It's gone. Yeah, but why? Oh, is this too long a topic? I think we'll have to talk about this another day. I, yeah. I have to think about it. We were lost levels club. Wait, you can't just end it like that. Why not? Because it makes no sense. Okay, fine. Oh, well, no, I'm going to say, okay, so now I'm tired. I'm going to go and crawl back onto the sofa and curl into a fetal position and shake for a few hours. And leak blood from... All my orifices. <laughs> I laughed too early. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's what I have to look forward to. But it's Chinese New Year. So I get three days off, as and do you. Did you collect any money this year? It hasn't been Chinese New Year yet, so no, not yet. Oh, you only collect money afterwards. What? what yeah, why? Do you get? Know. Do you get money? In I, was, I was, I was waiting yesterday. I was thinking, why have I not been given any money yet? Because it's not Chinese New Year yet. It has to happen afterwards. This is like it's not like Christmas. You get money beforehand. Wait, wait, what? No, well, Christmas you get your presents beforehand. Yet you open them on the day. For some reason, I thought no, you're I, right. You're I don't right. get presents beforehand either. I get presents on the day. Really? It's like, oh, they're all under the tree. You open them on the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all under the tree, yeah. But there's not much surprise in a packet of money. That's true. No, you're right. It's fine. I'm, I'm just being um, a guaylaw about it. You're being a ting about it. Let's not make that, <laughs> let's not make that a thing. 
can I now start to end the thing? Now that I've said goodbye because I'm curling up in a ball? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We were Lost Levels Club. We are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. You can get in touch with us on Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club. We're on Reddit. Slash r slash Lost Levels Club. We're, we're not good on Twitch. I am not on Twitch. Yeah, I thought about streaming The Witness as well on Twitch. But then I thought people might tell me spoilers, but actually it's safe. I can just do it now because I I've, I've, think I now know everything about the game. Anyway, I finished it. So yeah, Lost Levels Club on Twitch. That's it. That's it from us. Are we going to do a festive celebration? Gongzi fa choi. Gonghei fa choi. I can't speak Cantonese, sorry. Ojing hai sik gong ying man. Is that right? I only mm. speak English? Yep. Woo. <laughs> so ironic when you say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Chinese New Year. Happy Chinese New Year. Hope you all get many red packets and have a happy and prosperous Year of the Monkey. Couldn't have said it better myself. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.